finally here. Last game week of the year for Ole Miss football against Texas Tech. Texas Bowl, under a week away. We'll see how it goes. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in on this Friday. We are now under a week away from the Texas Bowl and under a week away between players reporting for the Under Armour All-American game, which I will go see. I will go cover Sunterine Perkins and Aiden Williams and talk about their exploits during the week. So I'm pretty excited about that. But for the time being... You can see down below, Ole Miss a three-point favorite over Texas Tech, over under at 69.5. The game is at 8 o'clock at night central on ESPN, December 28th. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, let's talk keys to the game because looking into the weeds and what's going on, I'm going to be perfectly honest. For the most, most of the year, I did not watch much Texas Tech football. Today, I dove into them for the first time and saw a couple of things that, you know, we're going to learn about the Red Raiders together, but there's a couple of things that I saw in this game that have just revealed themselves to be keys. Now, first of all, Ole Miss needs to find a way to run the ball. Texas Tech is better at stopping the run than stopping the pass, so that common sense would tell you to throw the ball to open up the offense because that's the weakness but your strength is Quinchon Judkins and Zach Evans and those guys running the football. You don't want to get away from your strength just to placate somebody else's weakness. You need to see if you can be successful running the football against a fairly good rushing team. Now, as a part of them being a good run defense team, they're pretty good in the red zone. And we are awful in the red zone. And we have been awful in the red zone pretty consistently the last three weeks of the season. So I think that is something that we are going to need to watch. Run the football, run it well, make sure it can work so hopefully the red zone problems don't reappear. Because if you get a not-so-timely penalty, if you get long yardage behind the sticks um, inside the red zone, it could be problematic for this team moving forward. Now, You've heard me say for the last three weeks that I do want Ole Miss to throw the ball more. That is still correct. What I'm saying about the run game is don't give up on the run game just because the weakness is the other side. Instead of it being 70 to 30 run pass, maybe you're 60 to 40. That's what I want the spread to look like in this game. Texas Tech's a good fundamental team, and they have a couple of guys – offensively that has a little bit of wiggle they they're they're aggressive they're violent um but i think they can be had they're good and they could be problematic and they can cause trouble but on the other side of the coin they're a team that you can get i watched this oklahoma game okay that that is what i started with the oklahoma game which was at the end of the season and Oklahoma up 14 to nothing, went for a fake field goal or something like that that was unsuccessful. So that was points that was completely scrubbed off. And they still ended up being up maybe 24 to 6, 
17 to nothing, somewhere in there. But they had a chance to completely route this game. So what we need to learn from this, and the run game is going to help with that, if we can make that go and have quality red zone trips, you can make it to where it's less likely that Texas Tech can come back. Because Texas Tech is an explosive team offensively. They play fast. These two teams that's going to play fast on both sides of the field, it could be a play count on both sides over 80 plays. It could be something where time of possession, nobody cares about time of possession. And Texas Tech throws the football. Tyler Shuck, the kid from Oregon transfer, he can be erratic throwing the football at times, but he can also be pretty good. He's he's an inconsistent type quarterback, but he has a chance to have the A game that is problematic for you, if that makes sense. He is like that shooter in the NCAA tournament, right? That is a 11-point-a-game average shooter, but in your, all of a sudden he can't miss. And he ends up at 25, and their team's in the game against you, against the NCAA tournament. You're in a last five-minute football game because this one player got really, really hot. I think Tyler Shuck can do that. That That is what I saw at the beginning of the Oklahoma game. It was not there. Very erratic. Missing short passes. Um, they do a little roll stuff. Like, think early Art Browse, Houston Art Browse. Don't know what they evolved to in Baylor, but think about Houston. I think that's part of their offense. Lots of shotgun, half rolls, things like that to hit like receivers on like arrow, arrow screens and things like that. So they have a unique scheme. Joey McGuire is a high school legend in the state of Texas, and they are a very fundamentally sound team. They're a team that is not going to beat themselves. You have to beat them pretty much. And they are willing to take chances that I've noticed. I've looked on there. I think the first play of the um, Oklahoma game was going to be a reverse. That gives you an insight to their thinking and what they're looking at. And, and so you have to be ready for just about anything with Texas Tech. They don't beat themselves. They throw the ball a ton. And they're pretty good at stopping the run and they're good in the red zone. That, that's kind of what you need to know about Texas Tech over this weekend. Because we're going to let this marinate a little bit. And then come Monday, we're going to do a crossover with the Locked On Red Raiders people. And we'll see how it goes for um, a little bit later. But as we learn about Texas Tech, those are the key things that we need to remember, right? So... I want to see Ole Miss try and run the football. I want to see Jackson Dart be efficient in the middle of the field. I mean, I know we've said this over and over and over again this season, but Ole Miss's offense can be so much more effective if the middle of the field is utilized. It'll be interesting to see exactly what happens. Is Jalen Robinson finally going to be healthy enough to play? Is he going to have a role in the game? is Jordan Watkins going to have that role in the slot receiver game to where the middle of the field, he can actually make the linebackers hurt a little bit. Schematically, they're going to try and take some things away from us, but I think they're going to try and take away the run game because Quinshawn Judkins is 150 yards away from the SEC freshman rushing record. 
I mean, he's going to pass Nick Chubb probably somewhere in the first quarter. And then it's whether or not he gets to Herschel or not. So that'll be interesting as well. I mean, that that is a big number. For somebody, for a school that has had the same rushing record until this year since like 1948 or 1949, to have somebody break out like this as a true freshman is absolutely remarkable. So the keys that you need to remember in the game is obviously run the football, even though Texas Tech is a strong run-stopping team. If we can run the football, we'll be all right. Eric Gray ran for 161 yards. Oklahoma ran for a little over 200 in that game. Now, throwing the ball, the temptation is going to be there to throw the ball. Uh, I think Texas Tech can be got in the secondary. And... Receivers like Jonathan Mingo, like Malik Keith, have a chance to have a really big day in Houston. But I don't think they need to overly lean on it. Don't, you don't want to look like the beginning of the Arkansas game. You want to do what you do and then do what you do off of it. You want the pass game to be a complementary play to a solid run game. Because if that happens, Ole Miss is in the driver's seat. If you come out and try and throw the ball 50 times in a football game, it's probably going to be problematic because that's not what you normally do. I mean, it is what it is. When we come back, we're going to talk about the players that we're going to be watching in this football game as well. But first, we want to let you t- we want to tell you about the holiday season and pair driving um, read from NHTSA. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And you think law enforcement can't tell when you're driving high? You're wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by the NHTSA. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports today. It's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Hey, in the first segment of the show, we talked about some keys and some things that you need to know about the Texas Red Raiders and how Ole Miss is potentially going to go after them. Now we're going to talk about a couple of players that we should keep an eye on. And if things are going well, you know, Zach Evans and Quinshawn Judkins, they probably are having a day. I think Ole Miss is going to try and run the football. Um, It is what they do. Texas Tech might be good at it. But I don't think Ole Miss is going to completely take the bait of just air raiding it. They're going to try and run the football. If they can't, that could be problematic. Now, passing to open up the run, that is, there's a possibility there. But if it goes normal to where Ole Miss can have success running the ball early with Quinshawn Judkins and Zach Evans, 
Ole Miss has a major advantage. Not only in the fact that it keeps the time and the clock running, which would be beneficial for the Ole Miss Rebels in this game, but it puts you in a situation to where you just have complete control. You control the tempo. Everything is the Ole Miss Rebels in this game. And so we'll see exactly how they do that. Now, some other players that I am looking forward to watching because they are going to be keys to the game. I think the box safeties, Ladarius Tennyson, Aishim Young, Otis Reese, those guys will be major players in this football game. And when you look at Texas Tech statistics, they have two rushers over 600 yards, nothing overly dramatic. They like to throw the ball a bunch, but everybody is running the ball in Ole Miss this season. So Ole Miss has to figure out a way to stop them from running the football. I could see Texas Tech lining up in some two tight end sets from time to time and running the football and trying to pound Ole Miss. So it's going to be imperative that Aishim Young, Ladarius Tennyson, um, Otis Reese, those guys are extremely physical players and takes care of the Texas Tech run game. Because if they are allowed to run the ball at all, this is going to be problematic for Ole Miss because this is a situation you can completely break your pass defense to try and shore up a run defense. It happened to Arkansas this year. So be careful with what's going on. Understand that and know that we have to stop the run. I don't know what you do in this situation. Maybe you get a little bit bigger from time to time on the outside. We'll see exactly how it goes. Now, for players like Troy Brown, um, Malik Heath, um, Jared Ivey, I know Heath has played in a bowl game before, but like Jared Ivey and Troy Brown, this is likely the biggest game that they've played in. Um, I think he, Troy Brown might have played in the Sun Bowl. I think they went to the Sun Bowl. I mean, that, that's close to the Texas Bowl. I mean, it, it's it's a historic game. But this is going to be a huge game for some people. And Ole Miss not having any opt-outs, that tells you about the culture inside that locker room of what it means to them to play the game, which is important because they've instilled that. Because you look all over the country and people are saying the their games that are left on their schedule does not matter because it could possibly interfere with their chance to make some money individually after the game. I mean, that that's what opting out is. It's basically admitting that I am worried about getting hurt. Um, I'm scared of getting hurt. And because of that, I'm just not going to risk it this one game. Never mind the fact that the same thing could have happened against Mississippi State or against Alabama, against Arkansas, all through the season, you could have been hurt at any point in time. It's not a win-type situation. So, I get it. And also see the other side of it, because players should be able to opt out, because coaches have been opting out of this game for 40 years. So, it's kind of six of one, half a dozen of another. That's the reason there needs to be a third people that look after the school. The school is what they're interested in. They're not interested in coaches. They're not interested in players. They're interested in the school, and they're interested in protecting that school. And I think that's going to be important whenever all of this money is throwing around through NIL and coaches' salaries, and all of this can go on because somebody needs to be looking after this school. They're the ones that's going to be on the hook for all of this stuff. Somebody needs to be looked after them. So, you know, and the... 
Last segment of the show, we're going to have Tom Vanderford coming on for his weekly update, talking Ole Miss to Texas Bowl early signing day, all of that good stuff. But those are some players that we are looking forward to watch. We're going to dig into this more as next week is right around the corner. So it, it, it should be pretty interesting. I've got a very busy week um, after th- Christmas um, with the Texas Bowl on Wednesday, pregame show before it, postgame show after it, and the next day I'm off to media days um, for the U.S. Army All-American game, and I'm going to try and get interviews with Sunterine Perkins and Aiden Williams. So that is very important stuff. But we're going to talk to Tom Vanderford right after this. Stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and upvote the video itself. Participate in the conversation down below. I'm here with Tom Vanderford for his weekly segment, last segment before Christmas, Tom. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Merry <laughs> Christmas, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. You know... Signing day was kind of a mixed bag because I consider Suntarian Perkins to be a generational level recruit for Ole Miss. And that could get lost in the weeds a little bit thanks to Marcel Reed and Neil Avery. But I don't think people need to forget about Perkins. I don't think people need to forget about Aiden Williams. And I don't think people need to forget about Jamaris Brown. So it's kind of a mixed brag where you can be really happy about that part of it. And you could be really upset about this part of it. And they're both right. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, you know, this this is just my opinion, but that's what we're all about, right? Mm-hmm. Perspectives. Um, I think, exactly. I think uh, Lane Kiffin treats this whole thing like the NFL. I think he had a certain number of draft picks he was willing to take, and I think he's going to do the rest with what he would call free agency. Um I, I don't know if we'll get everybody he he wanted to get. I do think that the flirting with Auburn caused some some panic with some recruits, not all of them, but with some of them. And obviously by what happened, uh, a couple of them weren't able to be reassured or they got better deals or whatever the case is. Um, in my opinion, you need to sign a quarterback in every class. Uh, especially in our case right now. I mean, right now, you've got Altmaier transferring. You've got Dent saying he's done. You've got one scholarship quarterback and a couple of walk-ons. That's it. So that's scary. I remember nothing against David Morris. He's a good guy. But I remember, you know, when Roe Miller got hurt right before the Egg Bowl and all we did was run deuce the whole game and, they stacked the box and it got really ugly. You have to have some some backup there. So my hope is, which this is just my hope, perspectives, right? That Altmaier sees what's out there and decides to stay. That's my hope. Yeah. As far as I know, the only place he's visited is Illinois. I don't know that he may have visited more. But uh, I think that's the only P5 school that I'm aware of that, that he has he has visited. So now that things are thinner at quarterback, that's something for him to look at. But uh, Marcel Reed, I wanted him. Mm-hmm. I really I did. did. I'm not going to lie. I wanted the guy. I wanted He's a good guy. player. He uh, was very impressive. Neo Avery, 
uh, I wanted him to, but when you look at his his uh, his weight and height, uh, what what you've been talking about about us getting maybe thicker uh, guys for those three down line positions, uh, that I think that we can be better serviced replacing Neo in the portal with uh, with a bigger guy. There, there's a lot of good rush ins out there. Um, I still, you know, I have not heard anything about the tight end from Maryland. You know, I, I yeah. haven't anyway. I, I know he visited us. He visited Alabama, and I haven't heard a word. Uh, but it would be nice. I, I'd still like to get that guy. That's that's a guy that you don't have on your team. You know, that's a that's a, 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 a he could help us um as far as other gets Suntarian Perkins is a mixture of Tony Connor and Nicobe Dean my opinion mm-hmm. he is a stud and you know like like Lane said he said heck I might let him run the ball some he's just he's he's a like you said he's a generational athlete Aiden Williams uh, is one of the top receivers in the country. We need him. If we can somehow get Marshall, uh, you know, uh, I think I think we're helped at the wide receiver spot. I don't think we're done at the wide receiver spot. I think we've got multiple receivers we may attempt to get in the portal. Uh, Jean Baptiste, I, I watched him play a lot this year because I'm a Plumlee fan. Mm-hmm. And you know he was a defensive team captain for UCF. Uh, he's a good hitter, hard hitter. He looked like he was pretty quick, and he was you know I'm gonna say about two thirty. So that's the kind of big linebackers you need with this three, two six. Uh, what I love about Perkins is he can play just about anything. Yeah, he can play linebacker. He can play box safety. He can. He's, you know, he's actually the perfect box safety. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, it's just it, – and you don't want to let that you, – you, we got a really good uh, legacy commit in Bryson Sanders. Uh, we got some we got some good uh, secondary help. Uh, the kid from South Georgia and the, and the kid from Texas. Uh, A.J. You know, Brown? We, we didn't do too – yeah, we didn't mm. do too bad. But – you know, it, it blows my mind, and, and we've talked, we've conversed about this on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It blows my mind that people are going nuts. He's doing the same thing he did last year. Now, I'll 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 say he's gonna he may have a harder time with some of them convincing them that he's gonna be at Ole Miss for the long haul because of the flirting this year. Mm-hmm. But he he's doing the same thing he did last year. You know, last year we didn't know about Troy Brown. We didn't know about Pegues. We didn't know about Ivy. You know? Um, we don't Jackson know Darden Trigg. Yeah. Jackson Darden Trigg. Very good examples. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't we didn't know for sure if we were gonna get our house running back and we ended up with two. You know? Um we I think he just approaches this with a different mindset. I I got a buddy of mine at work. I'm not busting on state, but he's like, "Man, 
y'all paid $9 million for your coach and we paid half that and we have a better recruiting class. I'm like, dude, I mean, they may all pan out, but 20 of your 24 signees were three stars, man. And I mean, you know, that's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And there's some of their guys I wanted. I really wanted Kelly bad, man. Hmm. But after seeing him show out in the Mississippi Alabama all-star game, but you just don't get everybody. Some kids want to go to state. Some want to go to Ole Miss, but in my opinion, we got the top three players in the state of Mississippi. Yeah, we absolutely we got an off the match rusher that showed up and showed out in the Mississippi Alabama All Star Game. We got the best player on the field in the Mississippi Alabama All Star Game, uh, and we got an awesome wide receiver uh, who was also, you know, in the Mississippi Alabama All Star Game. Yeah, everybody in the in the SEC wanted these three guys. And I, I think people need to understand in in the past few years, we you know, there was a time when when Hugh Freeze and Dan Mullen were at Ole Miss and State that the majority of the Mississippi kids stayed in state. Then there was a time where, where the high ranking Mississippi kids went elsewhere. Uh, up until this year. They went to LSU, they went to Alabama, they went, you know, they went somewhere else. But I'm I'm ecstatic with the kids we got. I mean, they're all high motor kids, they're high three stars and four stars. Now for the life of me, I can't see why Javante Connor is not a four star. Well, I can tell you why. It's because you he know? moved from Alabama to North Carolina and he just fell between the cracks. I believe that. I yeah. believe that because when I see him, I see I see talent. Yeah. I, I see talent. I see somebody that can help us, you know? He got rated um, a three-star because he committed to Ole Miss, because it was an SEC school. Nope. Not because he was a value. Well, that happened. Yeah. Yeah. That happens, you know? And and, and, and for people to say it doesn't, these pay mm. services, they're going to cater to the the guys, you know, the, the upper echelon people. But look, you know, here's my argument with that. Look at all the four and five stars that are transferring from Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Look at all the four and five stars that are, are in the portal from Alabama. You know, just because somebody gives you a fourth or fifth star doesn't necessarily mean they're correct. Mm-hmm. The best running back in 2022 as a freshman was obviously our running back, Quinshawn Jenkins. And, and the whole a three-star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- and a three-star. Mm-hmm. A three star. So you never know. So, you know, our staff is built to where they can do good evaluations, I think. Uh, it's, you know, there's so many people working on film. And it's not like when, you know, and you could, you could, you could uh, answer to this. It's not like when Ed Orgeron was there and he had hardly no recruiting budget at all. You know, yeah, and he and recruited he off rivals right Two or three people. Yeah. Huh? He was recruiting off rivals' rankings and what their ankles looked like. Seriously, I'm not. I'm not even joking about that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I believe it. I believe yeah. it. Uh, and uh, we just we're in a lot better place, and and we've got a lot of good people coming back. So as far as all that goes, I'm excited. I'm excited about the uh, the Texas Bowl, and I'll yeah. tell you why. I was reading about you watching film, and I I watched a little bit of their games and uh they are extremely disciplined mm-hmm. 
they run, like you said, and I'm, I'm going to give you credit because you said it, but you're right. They yeah. run like a fun high school offense. You know, I saw the oop to you. They ran the oop to you. Yeah. It was, it was like know, Varsity Blues like out there. Right. Yeah. Right. right. And uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Hmm. I think we have more talent than they do. But I think we had more talent than Arkansas and Mississippi State. And we saw how that went. So, yeah, if I, we uh, play sloppy, they will beat us. And, and there's no getting around yes. that. I mean, we have to play well. Yes. We do. We do. Uh, I'm thankful that we haven't. One thing that I've noticed this year that's different from last year, you don't see as many opt outs yeah. as last year or the year before. Did you notice that? Yeah, and I you're mean, seeing more opt ins. Yeah. More opt-ins, huh? too. More opt-ins, like yeah. Will Anderson and all them making a point to do it. I think somebody from – it might be Tennessee or some somebody else um, or Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Oh, Byron Young from Tennessee is going to play in the bowl game and then after that is declaring for the NFL draft. I like to see that. That is good for college football because in the end, college football is what we care about. We, nobody cares about any kid that's going to chase an NFL bag. They're caring about their school and their program and the kids that play for their teams. When they choose not to do that, that is going to be a problem for people that care about that school. It's not that they don't care about the kid. They just care about the school more. Well, I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. You know, when you uh, like the, the, the receiver from uh, Tennessee, I can't mm -hmm. think of his name, but he, he's Hyatt. their best receiver. I think he won the Bolitnikoff award. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's, he's opting out of the orange bowl. You know, you, and you hate to see that because they need the kid, you know. And uh, I'm just, I'm just proud that we haven't had any. Uh, of course, I don't. We don't really have any number one picks mm -hmm. to opt out. But you know, I mean, you look at it. it Mango's a solid uh, second day pick, and he's had some injury problems. If he was selfish, he could say, "Hey." I'm Zach Evans is probably the best player on the team. And Zach Evans, yeah. oh, A, yeah. not only is this, hasn't decided whether or not he's going to be back or forth or whatever's going to happen, but if he is going to go to the NFL draft, he was playing in the bowl game regardless. And this is a Texas oh, yeah. Bowl. This is yeah. a, quote, meaningless bowl game that it obviously means something to him. And I always talk about when people say it's a meaningless bowl game, it's an exhibition, well, it might be meaningless to Zach Evans. You know who it's not meaningless to? Kincaid Dent. Somebody that this right. is a memory that they're going to live through the rest of their life. And they're going after their NFL bag and is a selfish decision, in my opinion, because of how it affects those middling guys that this is the end of their career. This is how the road ends. Oh, I completely agree. Hmm. I completely hmm. agree. You know, I think I, I don't think Kincaid will come back, but he, no. he could. Yeah. Uh, he's got another year, but um It'll be interesting to see about that. I just like I said, I worry about quarterback depth. I'm not worried at all about running back depth. No, not even uh, a little bit. Receivers, yeah, receivers worry me, uh, but they it can be fixed. But on defense, man, I mean, all of a sudden we've got some depth at linebacker, you know, and that's that's nice, nice. So. And, and I think people forget some of the guys we got last year, you know. Yeah. We didn't uh, – some people are hitting the portal, 
and getting those transfer fifth year guys, uh, ones and dones. And uh, a lot of the guys we got in the portal, they were sophomores. Yeah. You know, and 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 we didn't just get them for one year. We got them for you know to build a team. So yeah, potentially three years like Trig and Dart. It, yeah. If it builds exactly. that, I mean, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you, you get the Gatorade National Player of the Year for three years. Yeah, sign me up for that all day long. Oh, yeah, same here. We've never yeah. had that. Yeah. I mean, you know, the kid was was and and he's gotten better every game this year. I I submit to you that if he would have had all the snaps from the beginning, he would have been really good those past, we may have won those last two games. Yeah, that quarterback uh, competition charade kind of it bit us at the end. I honestly yeah, believe it that. Did. It Especially did. against Alabama because he was almost there. If the Jackson Dart that played against Mississippi State played against Alabama, Ole Miss wins that game. I completely agree. Hmm. I completely agree. And you know, we're you know, we we've just uh I I'd still like to get a real center. Yeah. Uh, nothing against our two guards that played center, but you know, and I will say this that that uh, our uh, our kid from Ninawaya uh, got better at the end of yeah. the year. Yeah, Caleb, Caleb got better. Yeah. He got better. Yeah, but I would, you know, it, it, there's got to be a true center out there. But I'm just, this is the fun time, though. Yeah. Used to, you'd have this big buildup to signing day. It'd be over with. Now it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. You got the portal. You got late signing day. You got all this stuff that's going on. Yeah, you got recru- NIL. Recruiting is the People jelly of the month club. Still giving to NIL, sir. Recruiting is the jelly of the month club. Oh yeah, it's it the gift wonderful. that keeps giving the whole year yeah. round. <laughs> that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just had to get that Christmas vacation. Yeah, exactly. We're up. getting ready for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, anyway, um, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Tom, I want to wish everybody, you and yours, a Merry Christmas. I hope everybody um, gets through well. I hope your next checkup goes really well. I, all of that stuff. And um, maybe we can get a win next week in the Texas Bowl. And, you know, next week I'm going to be busy like crazy, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah, can't wait. And, hey, to you and yours and to everybody out there, y'all have a Merry Christmas. And uh, remember the reason for the season, man. That's right. Y'all have a good one. All right. Merry Christmas, everyone.